Okay, Parshas Kisavai, let's begin with a little summary. So the beginning of the Parsha speaks about Bikurim, when you come into Eretz Yisrael, after 14 years of conquering and settling the land, you bring the first fruit. We go from Bikurim into Vidui Miser, which is a proclamation that you make after three years of a Miser cycle. You say that you did it right. We then go into this exchange of Marta, Hamira. A little not so clear. We'll speak about it when we get there. What's going on over there? There was some kind of promise or dedication of Klai to Hashem and Hashem to Klai Then we move on to Hashem telling Moshe Abenu that when you cross over the Yardane, you're supposed to take out 12 large stones from under the feet of the Kayanim and inscribe the Torah onto them and erect them outside of the Yardane. We then go into the bris of Arvis Mayov, which is this new treaty, this new covenant that we made, taking responsibility for each other, and all these baruchs, and a whole bunch of aurors, two mountains, levim in between. That's the bris Arvis Mayov. Then we go into the Teichachah, the real scary part of the parasha. It pretty much describes the Holocaust. No? When you say that's what it describes? The Teichachah. Um, and then, finally, at the end, it speaks about today, Klai Yisrael, you're accepting this bris. And Moshe Rabbeinu originally wrote one Sefer Torah for Shevet Levi. The rest of the Shvatim got jealous. And he said, wow, I'm proud of you guys. You all want the Torah. That's the parasha. Let's go through now bit by bit. We'll do some poppers. So, let's just give a little bit of introduction to Bikurim. Bikurim, you know, we all know Bikurim. You bring fruit to the base of Mikdash, nice, happy mitzvah. There's a lot of details that I thought were interesting. And that is, number one, it's required to bring it in a keli. You can't just go and put it in a shopping bag. A shopping bag does not have a din of a cleat. It has to be a utensil. We know that the poor would bring it in cheaper utensils. The rich would bring it in fancier ones. We said the medrash says from here. From here we know the rich follows the rich, and the poverty follows the poor. The poor guy doesn't get back his basket. That little two, three dollar basket that he spent money on, the Kayan keeps. The rich guy who comes with a golden vessel, a silver one, he gets it back. So poverty continues for the poor and wealth continues for the rich. That's what Chazal say. But the bottom line is, Bikurim requires a vessel, a utensil. You have to bring it in a keli. Not only that, says the Ramam, preferably each fruit that you bring should really be in its own vessel, in its own keli. It's not very practical and not so easy to do that because you got to carry it. See, here's another halakha. You don't have to carry it till you get to Harabais. You could ask your servant. You could ask you know, anyone to carry it for you. Once you get to Harabais, the luck is you take that big basket of all of those smaller ones and then you carry it on your shoulder till you come into the base of Mikdash, into the Azara, into the Koyin. You start talking. We'll get to that in a minute. And then afterwards, you give it to the Kai and you wave it, you place it down. But says the Rambam, all of these things, we only do it to the Shiva Zaminim, the seven species from Eretz Yisrael. So you got wheat, barley. No, not the five grains. Wheat and barley, and the other five fruits that Eretz Yisrael is praised about. But listen to this. There's actually a system, if you're going to be putting them into one basket, into one vessel, how to pile them up. There's a halakha about this. Listen to this. What you do is you have barley on the bottom, and then you put in a separation. Put in a napkin, a cloth, something, because they're supposed to be really separate utensils. So you have barley on the bottom, 
some kind of separation, then wheat. On top of that, olives. On top of that, dates, pomegranates, figs. We're missing something. Uh, olives. No, Seth, grapes. <laughs> We're missing the grapes. The grapes are supposed, the figs are supposed to go above the vessel's rim. So pretty much everything else you don't really see so much. But the, the, the figs are supposed to be on top. And surrounding the figs, you put the clusters of grapes. Now on top of that, you would tie some birds as carbonos oila to the basket. And you brought some extra birds as a gift to the kayin that were not tied to the basket. This well, is how bikurim would be brought. I'm sorry? Why wouldn't the birds fly away? Well, you held on to them, but they weren't attached to the basket. So the ones that you would attach to the basket, that is given as a carbon oila, and the ones that are separate from the basket was a gift to the kayin. This is how Bikurim was brought. You carry it on your shoulder. As you come into the Azar, the base of Migdash, you speak very out loud the beginning of the things that you're supposed to say. Then the Kayan holds it together with you. You put it in your hands. You wave it. You put it down next to the Mizbeach. You bow, fully prostrating upon the floor. And then you leave. You're done. The Kayan takes it and it's his supper for the night or a snack for the day, whatever it is. That's the process of Bikurim. And we know it's a very big deal. On the way to bringing Bikurim, the townspeople would come out and they would greet you if people were working in the fields. They would stop working and say, Shalom Aleichem, and praise you for this wonderful, beautiful mitzvah you did. So Bikurim was a very big deal. Okay, so that's just a little tidbit about the halakas of Bikurim. Um, Rabbi Nachim Zemba, my great-grandfather got uh, the Kabbalah Shechita from, says that I think, that Bikurim is a kapara and a tikkun. It fixes the sin of the Meraglim. The Meraglim came back from Eretz Yisrael complaining about the fruits, complaining about the land, saying Lashon Hara and Kvetching. And the mitzvah of Bikurim is you make a Haggadah. He got it the Ayayim. You make a whole storytelling of how wonderful the land of Eretz Yisrael is. And that's a tikkun. I think that's a, probably a lesson for us too. Two things. We say that Elul is about ish, and Elul is also about anila doidi vidoidi bli. It's about developing a relationship with Akash Boko and Bibo. What happens if you were pretty bad about it? You kvetch to God or about God. Oh, you gave me a rotten piece of life. You, know, you handed me lemons. You know, I didn't make lemon juice, but okay, yeah. Or somebody, a neighbor. You've been so bad to me, rotten to me, blah, blah, blah. One of the ways to be misakane, the wrong type of speech that you've been expressing about God or about other people, extol their praises. See how wonderful Hashem is. That's a tikkun. See how wonderful the other people are. That neighbor you is that always blocks your driveway. <laughs> Find something good to say about him. And with that, you can be misakane the bad. Okay, so that's from the Ariza. Says the Balaturim, let's begin now inside. Pasik. Aleph, the beginning of the parasha. When you come into the land. Now the luck is not really when you come to the land. It's after you conquer it and settle it. Why say kisavai? Says the Balaturim. Ki is gematria. 30. Chaf and yud. 30. Savai has the same letters as avos. Says the Balaturim. There are always 30 tzaddikim in Eretz who are as great as the avos. 
And we all heard of the 36 mm-hmm. hidden tzaddikim, right? Lamed Vavliks. I'm not denying that. But he says there's always 30 avos, 30 great tzaddikim in Eretz Yisrael that are equal to the avos hakadoshim. Okay. Pazah Gimel. It says you come and you bring these fruits to the Kayin. The Pazah says, Pazah Gimel, Uvazel HaKayin HaShia B'Yamameim. You go to the Kayin that will be there in those days. What else do you think? You do some time travel? Who else is he supposed to bring it to? A Kayin is not in those days. Here we go. Our local resident Kayin. And a Tamukah. And an Erlachayin. And a wonderful good human being. Right? So the Pazah says... You should bring the Bikurim to the Kayin of those days. Of course. Which days would you think? So there's a whole machlik, Sophia, what the Pasuk is telling you. The Sephorno says that part of what you tell the Kayin is, he got it to your God. You only specify Hashem as someone's God if they're very close to God. They've had like this really tight relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. On them you could say, Hashem Elokecha, your God. So the Sephardim says, you would think that if he's not such a great Kayin Gadol, you know, like the second by Yisem Mikdash, they had a lot of failures. So you would think you can't say that to him. Says the Sephardim, Saif Saif, the Kayin Shabiyamecha, you could say Elokecha, you're being meyached Shmoy Alav, and you could ask him for a bracha. That's the support. The Ramban says, I don't get it. He brings down this Rashi, even if he's not so cautious. Frank Ramban, Bishlaim to tell me the din to listen to the rabbis of every generation, whatever Allah they tell you. See, I have to say, Yiftak Badoy, Yishmo right? That whatever level the rabbis are on in your generation, you know, they're not as great as yesteryear. You still have to listen to them. I get it. But Benegayat to a din of a Kayin, who cares how great he is or how not great he is? He's a Kayin. What on earth is this thing? Oh, even by Yom Hay. That's the Ramban's question. Zog the Ramban, because you might think, you know, you're traveling to the base of Mikdash. You're coming from, you know, uh, Golan Heights. You're coming from Tel Aviv, from B'nai Brak, from uh, wherever you're coming from. I would think bring your local Kayin with you. You heard that the Kayin in your slime is not so... <laughs> yeah. now, so you know what? Bring your local Talmud Chacham Kayin, the one that you respect, the one that you honor, the one that you know is great. You would think to bring him with you? No, 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 no. You go to the Kayin that's there by Yom Imahim. Whoever it might be at that time, you don't go and bring your own. In other words, it's part of Ashkaka Pratis, who the Kayin should be that's getting your Bikurim. Um, the, the Chassam Seifer says the Chiddush of a Kayin that's by Yom Imahim is because all the other Kabbalists that a Kayin does, you know, the Kayin's doing work. The animals sprinkling the blood. You know, he's, he's got a hard job. So whatever level he's on, safe, safe, okay. Bottom line is, he's acting as your agent. He's doing work. You're getting closer to Hashem from it. You know, it's a big bracha. It's a big deal. But what goes on with Bikurim? You give food to the Kayin and he eats it. <laughs> That's it. So you would have thought, you know, for that, you need to be a chash of a kayin. For the kayin's eating of my food to do something to me spiritually, that's what it says, call a mevi doyren chacham. Whoever brings a gift of food to a tamu chacham, it says it's as if you brought a carbon on the mizbeach. And whoever gives wine to a tamu chacham, it's like he poured wine on the mizbeach. Very holy things about a tamu chacham. So you would think that for bikurim, which is just about the kayin eating, 
you think he needs to be a Tabukaka. You need to think that he has to be a big holy Jew in order to give him Bikurim and for you to gain through that. Says the Pasuk, no. Whoever he is, that's who you go to. One more shot, the Kliyakar. He says, you might think to wait for a different Mishmar. You know, you show up, and remember we looked about the Mamados, the different shifts? You know, you show up to the base of Mikdash, and that shift, you know, you're watching the guys over here. They're having a good time. They don't look so if You know what? Stay an extra few days. Stick around town for the next shift to come in. Maybe wait for them and bring it to that coin instead. Says No, you don't wait. Okay, a bunch of kedushin. What, I think just a lesson that we learned from here is, you know what, Hashem puts you in a certain position in life with your friends, your neighbors, your abeyim, whatever it is. Those are people. You have these guys, you know, who's your rabbi? Oh yeah, my rabbi's in the mirror in Yushalayim. I learned by him 10 years ago. When was the last time you, you, you spent 10 minutes together? Like what? He's the person you're still going to for advice in life. He's the person that, like, he doesn't even know anything about you. You can't be hung up on the past. Ooh, I had a great Rebbe 25 years ago. No one could replace him. You, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your neighbor, your Rav, your whatever it is. Not me. <laughs> but whoever it is, that's where Hashem put you. And that's where you get your, your, your guidance from. He's your Rebbe. Okay. Next. So what do we say? We start going through the Haggadah. Arami Oyvei Lavon Arami, the Shrel, Yaakov's father-in-law, tried to destroy Yaakov. Then things worked out afterwards. What are you starting off with this? And what does it mean he tried to destroy Yaakov? Rashi says he tried to destroy Yaakov because when Yaakov left him, Lavon said, the kids are mine, the, good, the wives are mine, everything's mine, everything's mine, my mind. I mean, saying everything's mine is not killing him. So I heard this beautiful chat from Rev. Daniel Gladstein on Torah anytime. B'Shem, a certain Rav from Queens, I forgot who his name was. It's going to Levraka. Beautiful chat, Kishmak of chat. Do you remember the chat? No. Started last year in class. Listen to this chat, beautiful. It says like this We know that Lavan tried poisoning Eliezer when Eliezer came to do the Shidduch. Right? Love and Mesul. And they switched it, and his own father ate the poison instead and dropped dead. Right? What was Love trying to do? You know, Mr. I'm a gangster, you know, Eliezer's coming with a lot of money. What? 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 Now? Take all the money? No, 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 no. Love was a smart guy. And he was a swindler. You know what Love was trying to do? That law is if you send an agent on your behalf to go find a wife for you. And to do Kedushin, to actually give her the ring, to do Kedushin. And the agent disappears, he doesn't come back. We have to assume he fulfilled his mission. That's usually the assumption. Chazaka. So we assume he fulfilled his mission, and you don't know to who. You have no idea who he married. And therefore, every other woman in the world becomes forbidden to you. Because maybe it's a daughter, mother, sister, aunt, whatever, of the one that he already was Makadish. And it forbids you from getting married. Lovin was trying to make it that Yitzchak will never have children. That's Arami Oyved Avi. By killing Eliezer, Yitzchak's going to have to assume that Eliezer did Kedushin to somebody not knowing to who, and at the end of the Avram Yitzchak dynasty, no Klai Yisrael. Wow. 
is that a pshat? <laughs> I feel bad, I don't remember the name. The person said, beautiful pshat. Okay. Another pshat in a Rami Ovidavi from Rabchaim Kanievsky. Rabchaim Kanievsky brings from the Sefer Yashar, which brings a lot of like the story background behind the stories of the Chumash. The Sefer Yashar says that um, Lavan, when Yaakov left, you know, he went to chase after him, originally Lavan was going to call up Esav on his cell phone and tell Esav, you know, I got the GPS location on Yaakov and his family, go out there and drop a few bombs. But suddenly Lavan remembered, I can't do that because I know that Yitzchak said that someone's going to have to go down to Mitzrayim for 400 years. And if it ain't going to be Yaakov and his kids, it's going to have to be the other side of the family. So I can't do that. We're going to be in trouble. The whole side of Esau, everything combined. You know what? Let's not hire uh, Esau yet. <laughs> we'll wait for them to go to Mitzrayim. After that's done, I'll call up Amalek. I'll get Amalek to attack the Jews. And this was all part of Lovan Arami's plan to get rid of the Jews. Let's move further. Okay, we have something called Vidre Meiser, Pasuk Yud Beis. Pasuk Yud Beis, it says, You finished three years of giving out all your Meiser and your Truma from your grains, and there's something called saying a Vidre. You make a proclamation to God, I did everything I was supposed to. I did everything I was supposed to. What's the name of the Vidre? He says the Maharil Diskin, Rabbi Shulay Diskin, when you know you're going to have to give a report, you make sure to do things better in the first place. It's like keeping a little tabs on yourself at the end of every day, a little cheshman refresh. You know you're struggling with a certain avera or a certain mitzvah or a certain midah. If you know that you have to fill in the page at the end of the day and rate yourself, one to ten. <laughs> Just that knowledge without any extra issues. The knowledge that you're going to have to fill in that report, that helps keep you in line. Simple yesayim from Yeshua Leib Diskin. That's Vidu Meiser. Okay? One of the things that he says in Vidu Meiser is, Pasuk Yud Gimel. Pasuk Yud Gimel. I got rid of everything I was supposed to. I gave it to the Levi, the girl, the Yasin, the Chol Everything you commanded me, I did. I did not transgress your mitzvah. And I did not forget, says Rashi. What does it mean I did not transgress your mitzvah? I did not forget, says Rashi. I did not forget I did not forget to make a blessing on Afrosh's Meiser. Frekt Oren. Frekt Yisrael Frekt Efi. Bracha? Meiser? How many brachas are there in the Raisa? Only, only two. Birchas HaMazin and Birchas HaTayra. Suddenly we're popping up over here. Here's a passage that says, I did not forget to make a bracha on Afrosha's miser. Okay. So it seems that there's a bracha to arise on Afrosha's miser. Kach nira l'Rebbe Shua l'Ebdiskin and to Rebbe Yaakov Kamenetsky. And it's Mashma Zoy from the Gemara Masechus Brachas Daf Memoraleph as well. Because the Gemara says, any Brach that doesn't have Hashem's name and the word Melech is not a valid Brachah. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? 
Over here it says, I didn't forget, Rashi says, before. I didn't take it off. I'm sorry. Oh, Rashi doesn't bring down the full Rashi. The Safri, the drush on this Pasuk is, I did not forget to be Mavarechu Ula Hazkir Shimcha and to mention your name, God. But it doesn't say Melech. So the Gemara is bringing you a proof to how Brachas are working from the drush on this Pasuk. So you see from the Gemara, Masechah's bracha is Kaniria, this bracha is Dairaisa. Why on earth would this bracha be Midairaisa? Perhaps because this is the source of bracha. Nicer. This is what God says. Go ahead, test me. Giving away to others is the biggest source of blessing for yourself. It's got to come with a bracha. Perhaps. That's what says it says I didn't transgress your mitzvah if you forget to make a bracha on a mitzvah you pick up your little venessary no bracha you eat in a sukkah you didn't make a bracha you would say you transgressed the mitzvah is that a vera says Rabbi you see from here yeah if you don't look at the mitzvah as something that to thank Hashem for that's part of the mitzvah Part of the mitzvah is to realize this is a gift. This is an opportunity. Thank you, Hashem. I think there's an organization like that. Right? Thank you. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me the opportunity to do a mitzvah. And if you don't recognize that, you're transgressing a whole piece of the mitzvah. Beautiful. Okay. Let's go weiter. Pasig Yudalit. I did not eat from the miser. I didn't eat from the miser in sadness. And I did not be hearty. I didn't rid it from my house and give it away. I didn't use it for any um, inanimate things. I did everything that you told me. Everything that you told me. Says Rashi, what's everything that you told me? I rejoiced in eating the miser. And Simachti, I gave other people joy when I gave them. Maiser Ani, you give to other people. Maiser Shani, you could eat it or share it with others. I did this, I, I got rid of the Maiser joyfully. What's the, what's the big deal over here? Says the Malbim, you know, Maiser Ani should be like, I think there's an organization, um, I forgot what it's called, where they're like storing food for the world for doomsday. What's it called? I wrote it down. There's a name for it the Food Bank. The World Food Bank. You know that? All the countries in the world donate food to the World Food Bank in case the world goes under. There'll be food for some people left over. It's stored like in this high security, who knows about freezers, the World Food Bank. Where? I don't know where it is. Norway? I don't know. Anyway, anyway, says the Malbin, if you're putting aside money for the poor, whatever it is, when you empty that account, normally you feel bad about it. Like, that's your reserves. You know, what happens if one day I'm going to be poor? You know, uh, I need that. You know, uh, I want that to be my cushion for a rainy day, right? Says the Pasuk, I ate through it joyfully. And I didn't worry. And I just relied on you, Hashem, instead of the rainy day account. And that's why the next passage says, Hashkifa Mamoyin Kashachal. 
since Hashem, I totally relied on you. I did this mitzvah of getting rid of all my miser. No reserves, no savings, no nothing. I did it with joy because I'm relying on you, not that extra bank account. So now, Hashem, you fulfill your part, and bless me from the heavens. This morning I spoke in Yeshiva. Rashi says, Hashkifa, the word Hashkafa means see straight through something. Shakuf uh, means clear, right? Mishkafayim, glasses, right? A lens that's very clear. The word Hashkifa, Rashi says, normally is for the negative. It says, Akash Baruch would look down upon Sedoim to destroy them. was a Lashon Hashkafa. Rashi says, this is the one place that is for a bracha. Says Rashi, Godol, the kayak of tzedakah and Yivimaiser, that it flips me, that's a din to me, that's It could flip the most negative outlook into a positive one. So he says Rashi. So I said a pshat to my kever today in yeshiva, perhaps shat Transparency is scary. Like the shiftei ka. When you boil things down to the core, we're rotten. And if Hashem looks through things shakuf, straight through, Al of Memtav, you know, straight through the Al of Base, the real Lemes, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Ooh. <laughs> that spells trouble. But there's one thing that at our core we're all good with. It says, somebody that gives tzedakah, Menashe Yechia Bni. He's giving tzedakah because somebody needs a refu shalema. Totally loyal shem shemayim. L'chaira. Says the Gemara, I'll raise your Perfectly righteous. Why? Because we know deep down that even if chas v'shalom, the person does not heal, the, the kid doesn't make it, a yid wouldn't regret it. And he's deep down, he's okay with giving even if his conditions are not fulfilled. Because in this midah that we got from Avram Avinu to be gomel chesed, to do for others, to give charity, it's in our core Pure and good. Now, Baruch Hu could look through transparent lens straight through to the core. The diamonds in that. Klai Yisrael's giving and chesed cannot be compared to anything that exists in the world. Hashkifa could be for a bracha. Okay. Um, let's go further down. Pasuk Yud Zayin and Yud Ches. It says, Hashem Marta. Rashi says, this word doesn't exist anywhere else. What does this word mean? Hashem is Marta. And the next part of Yud says, Hashem Mircha. So it means that you did something to God with Amira. God did something to you with Amira. Rashi says, the word Amira over here means separation of Dalam. You designated God to be the one God of the world, separating him from all other powers. Nothing else really exists. Hashem separates you from all the nations of the world. You're an Amsagula. You guys are special. Everyone else. The Malbim says it's the Lashon of Zika. By Yibum. There's something called Mimer. Kedushi Mimer. He says Mimer Sinai was like was like Zika, we were bound to Hashem. But this, the Arvis Moyev over here, this new covenant that we're taking on, that made us more connoy to Hashem. Okay. But listen to this Balaturim. 
Pazik said like this. You dedicated Hashem today. Leo's Lokala like him. Lolakas Bedrakov. Lishmakukov. Umitzvaisov. Umishvatov. Lishmaya Bakaila. Six things you dedicated yourself to Hashem for. Says the Balaturim. Each of these things hint to another one of the Shisha Sutra Mishnah. And in the Zuchus of the dedication to the Shisha Sutra Mishnah, here we go. Hashem Hemichayim, Hashem responds in kind. Liyos Leila Am Segula, Kashadibalach, Lishma Kol Mitzvaisav, Lisitcha Elyon Akalagoyim, Ashazadun Shim Leveres, Liyosra Am Kadosh, I must have, Latihila, Lashem Leveres, and to be an Am Kadosh. So when you dedicate yourself to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, she just did Mishnah. Hakadosh Baruch Hu elevates you in six ways, as well. So it's like the Balaturim. Okay, Hashem then gives instructions that when you're crossing over the Yarden, you're gonna take these twelve stones from the dry bed of the Yarden. You know what the Yarden is? A river. Okay. So you're gonna go to the Yarden. The Yarden is gonna stand like a wall. Klaisol is gonna cross over the Yarden, and the gland's gonna be dry. And you're going to dig out from there 12 stones that were under the feet of the Kohanim. And you're going to inscribe those stones, an inscription. About 500,000 letters, 600,000 letters on those stones. Big stones, probably. So the Pasuk says like this. What? Pasuk Gimel. Take a look at Pasuk Gimel. The Chosavta Alehem has called the Vreaterazos. And then go back to, further down to Pasuk Ches. It says again, It's called You're going to write down the Torah, the Bible, in 70 languages on these stones. Don't ask me how. The Malbim says this is a pella, a wonder that we just cannot fathom. How do you write the entire Torah in 70 languages? I mean, as big as these stones could be. The entire Torah in 70 languages. I'm talking about microprint. It's the only way to do it. In 70 languages. For all the going to see. Because like we learned uh, earlier one time, Tershavik Sabbath for the Goyim too. It's not just for us. You think this is for us? This is for the Goyim too. Gemara is for us. Mishnais is for us. What's the two v'chasavtas? So the Malbin gives a whole explanation of what's going on here. It says like this. You're going to go over the Yardin, and the Pasuk says, you're going to write upon this cold as you pass through. Says the Malbin. Literally, it's not like they paused, stopped, you know, sit down, give us a few days, we're going to write this. During the process of the Jews crossing over the Yardin, some people were designated to go get those stones, and while they're still going through the process of quickly, write. Can you imagine? <laughs> And this is a condition with this chus that literally, as you're walking through the door into Eretz Yisrael, you're taking with you the Sifrei Torah. That's your chus to get into Eretz Yisrael. That's your ticket. So he's like the Malbim. Then it says you're going to build them as Bayach. It says you're going to plaster these stones with some kind of cement. And you're going to eat the carbon, and you're going to be very happy. And then it says you're going to write all the words of the turn on the stones. There are two writings. One writing was engraved in the stone itself. The Malbim says it was shorthand. Then they slapped on it this plaster. 
Then they built the Mizbeach, brought carbonus and that as the plaster dried. And after this plaster dried, then they rewrote the entire Torah again and again. On the plaster. Later on, they shaved off the plaster and they took the plaster writing intact and they placed it somewhere else while the stones remained, I think, by higher evil or something. So there were two writings of the Torah in the same day. And both times it wasn't 70 languages, just the second time was in all 70 languages. He says the first time was shorthand, whatever, and then the second time was like clear writing. Yeah. Do we still have it? What? No. No, I have no idea. And if you Google it, they'll, they'll say, you know, these are the stones, uh, but there, there's no real clear uh, knowledge or awareness of them. What about Google? What? What about Google? What? What um, Google? Twelve stones of the Jewish, I don't know, <laughs> coming into Israel. It's out there, I did it. I, I tried Googling it, because I, I looked up Noah's Ark, and Arsini, and Har Har, like, I want to see like what they say about these things nowadays. So I've, I've done it. So things will pop up, but nothing of real meaning. Okay, anyway, let's go back to Listen to this beautiful pshat from the Malbim. Pazuk tes. Vayudavim Moshe v'akrinim alivim alikol Yisraelema. Moshe and the Koyhanim and the Levim speak to the Jews saying, Haskes, pay attention. Ushma, and listen. You're like a nation to God. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to this beautiful prophet from the mountain. What was the difference between the covenant we made with God by our Sinai and the covenant that they're about to make by Hargrizin and Har Evil? Says the Malbim, beautiful. By Har Sinai, we weren't really on a level to get the Torah. God shook us up. Shaiva, the lightning, the thunder, the mountain shaking, smoke, we're all dropping dead, he is amazing, you name it. God was bringing the Torah to us. We accepted it, says the Malbim, out of fear. He says, when you're scared of someone, and somebody says, stand on your head and spit wooden nickels, what do you do? You stand on your head and spit wooden nickels. And then maybe afterwards you could say, can you explain why? <laughs> Nasser! Vinishma. Yes, sir! We'll figure it out why later. That's Yira. But he says over here, Klai already spent 40 years in the Midbar. They already went through pretty much Kolatayakul. Klai Yisrael raised themselves on a level. They were inspired. They had a Havaz Hashem. Klai Yisrael now is coming to Moshe. We want to reinitiate a covenant out of love. Oh, out of love, you could start with first explaining things. Haskes, Ushma, and afterwards, Nasa. And then you'll do. Okay. So we go through all these curses. You know what's going on over here in the parasha? Klaisel splits up. Six Shvatim on one mountain. Six Shvatim on another mountain. So you got about 300,000 Jews on one. About 300,000 Jews. That's just Jews, men, women, children. Millions on one mountain. Millions on the other. The Kohan and Malavim are down in the valley in between the mountains together with the Aron Kodesh. Okay? And they turn to one mountain and they say, Baruch, blessed is one who does so and so. And then they turn to the other mountain and say, curse is one who does the opposite. Blessed is the person who does this. They turn themselves to the other side. Cursed is the one who does that. Baruch, Aron, Baruch, Aron, 
Baruch Ar. Why do we do Baruch 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 I think because a person has to very clearly see, like schar, mitzvah, and I, you have to really clearly see. What are you telling me to do? What do I gain? What do I lose? Plain and simple. Business. Straight up. Don't get me confused. Yo, you'll have great things if you do all of this. Yeah, I'll give a whole list. Then afterwards, and if you do the opposite, you're going to be in trouble. Each thing, pinpoint it. You'll gain for, by doing this, you're going to be cursed if you don't. You're going to gain by doing this, you're going to be cursed if you don't. You need an incentive, and you need a consequence. And you need that in your family, and you need that for Talmudim. Incentives and consequences. You need both. Pinpointed, targeted, and very clear. Talmud Chacham Nechad Yistam Ha'aril. Maybe sure Ben Leib. Maybe sure Leib Diskin. Why is it when you go through the barracks and the arrows, the arrows are, you know, hefty. Arrow this, the Omar Kolo Om Omein. Next one. Arrow, the Omar Kolo Om Omein. But the barracks doesn't say that. Doesn't say much. It just says, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. We don't really speak about this massive response. He says, because it's Shita. A Yid gives another Jew a bracha. What do you say? Amen. Amen. The curse was a big chiddush. The klayis also had to say amen. I didn't realize I'm over time. Okay, there's a lot more to say. I'll just do one real quick one. Um, was it from? Also, for like this in. He says that for klala, for klala, you start from the low and go to the high. The nachash was cursed first, then chava, then adam. So he says if you go through the shvatim. It'll be too much. If you go through the sh- I have to say the <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Tomorrow night. Bye-bye.